directors. Uh, it's a busy several days here in San Francisco as everyone's getting ready for the APEC summit, so we will try to be expeditious in our meeting because uh, there's just a lot of work going on right now as, as we expect somewhere around 30,000 visitors over the next several days. So we'll get going. <clears throat> Can you call the roll, please? All right. Uh, prior to uh, calling roll, I'll note that Director Lipkin is absent, and alternate for Directors Eltawansi, Mandelman, and Tumlin are joining us today. With that, Director Ambiel? Here. Ambiel present. Director Chang? Here. Chang present. Director Forbes? Present. Forbes present. I understand that uh, Director John Baptiste is en route. Uh, Director uh, Ruers? Present. Ruers present. Director Syed? Here. Syed present. And Chair G? Present. Chair G present as well. Directors, we have a quorum. Go ahead and call your next item. Please. All right. Item three is communications. And directors, uh, we'd like to note the process for members of the public to make public comment. Uh, members of the public may comment on the meeting during public comment periods, in person or remotely. The call-in line is provided as a courtesy, and its availability may be disrupted due to technical difficulties or otherwise. In-person public comment will be taken first. Remote public comment will be taken after. The public call-in line is printed on the agenda and dialing instructions should be scrolling at the bottom of the screen on SFGov TV. Additionally, uh, due to scheduling constraints, we will be taking items 7 and 11 after item 13 to move through action items. Uh, with that, are there any other communications? Please continue. Seeing none, we'll move to your next item. Item 4 is Board of Directors new and or old business. And directors, I'm not aware of any. Seeing none, item five is the executive director's report. Good morning, directors. A uh, couple of things to give, get you up to date on. First, we're uh, glad to announce the launch of our new website at tjpa.org, which is a new look and feel, but it also combines the old tjpa.org um, with the old Salesforce Transit Center website. So now you can get up-to-date information not only on transit, but on the activations in the park um, and in the community through tjpa.org. And I want to thank our team and our consultants for uh, pulling that together. I invite you to take a look. It's a much cleaner, more modern look. Uh, at the Transit Center, as of November 1, we've changed our park closing times from 8 p.m. Uh, from 9 p.m. to 8 p.m. an hour earlier. Uh, to reflect the uh, dark coming in the evenings. Um, and we're winding down our park programming activities as we move into the holidays. Um, please save the second weekend in December from Friday the 8th of De uh, to Sunday the 10th of December for Winterfest. Uh, this includes our annual park holiday lighting celebration and a number of activations uh, at the center. <coughs> the chair mentioned the upcoming APEC Summit, which is happening in the city next week from November 12th to the 17th and the potential impacts of this week-long event. Um, and so we will not host uh, park programming during the week, but the park and the center will remain open to all visitors and the public uh, during the week. We recommend all transit riders to uh, visit their respective transit providers website as there are some changes in service uh, in anticipation of those events. Within the last few weeks, we've hosted uh, several behind-the-scenes tours at our center. Uh, which included the Housing Action Coalition's annual Housing Heroes event on our park uh, in mid-October, which gave us a tremendous opportunity to showcase the building in the park on a warm evening to over 400 attendees. And we took the opportunity to tour the uh, Assembly Speaker Robert Rivas through the train box uh, at the beginning of the event. At the end of October, we welcomed attendees of the Self-Help for County Coalition's Focus on the Future Conference, um, which was uh, our partners here at the County Transportation Authority hosted this year and had a great uh, group of about 35 um, members that were in, in, in the industry and had some good tough questions for our um, uh, chief engineer and I. 
We then capped it off with two visits on the same day in the morning from Caltrain Director and MTC Commissioner Cindy Chavez uh, for, her, amazingly, her first tour of the center, um, which was uh, an eye-opening visit for us all, um, and then followed by Acting Secretary of Labor Julie Sue, who was visiting the Bay Area last week to highlight the jobs created through our partnership with labor in our project labor agreement. Um, Ari has some pictures of these items in his facilities operations presentations you'll see shortly, um, but we are also continuing to advance the downtown rail extension, the portal project, and the FTA CIG program. Last Friday, November 3rd, we released our draft relocation plan, which you'll hear more about shortly, and we continue to seek and track um, funding for the project as we expect um, possible entry into the engineering phase as soon as next month. Um, as mentioned last month, the Metropolitan Transportation Commission is in the midst of updating their bipartisan infrastructure law framework. And yesterday, their Programming and Allocations Committee approved the staff recommendation to add the portal for mega funding endorsement, uh, something we've advocated for the last 12, uh, two years. So exciting to see that um, moving through to commission next week. Um, we're, uh, during the committee meeting, they also approved our request of just over $100 million of RM3 funds for our right-of-way activation. Um, you'll recall the project was designated for $325 million in RM3. This is the first tranche of funds uh, to start the pre-construction work in the coming years, and that also will go to the full MTC commission on the 15th. Uh, we remain actively advocating to fill the funding gap and are waiting to hear back um, on two federal applications that we've submitted. One, the federal-state partnership for inner city rail, which they've just announced the Northeast Corridor uh, announcements of 16 and a half billion, which suggests that the non-Northeast Corridor is coming soon. Um, and then our mega application, which is on a parallel track through the office of the secretary, also expected this winter. Um, the combined of those two applications is about a $211 million um, investment in the project. Um, so we'll keep you up to date as, as we hear uh, announcements of awards. Um, Finally, a copy of the project labor agreement status report has been provided in your packet, and we continue to thank our labor partners for their partnership on tenant improvement efforts and support of the portal, including exceeding the project labor agreement's apprenticeship usage, apprenticeship usage rates, that's a bit of a tongue twister for me, at 18%. Um, and I'd be happy to answer any questions on the executive director's report before I play a quick Rodney Harris and deliver his quarterly contract security update while he is at a tabletop exercise in anticipation of APEC next week. Directors, any questions? Please do your impersonation of Rodney. <laughs> All right. So um, he, as I mentioned, is in a tabletop exercise. He's been participating with law enforcement in preparation for the activities. This is the largest um, gathering of heads of state in San Francisco since the signing of the UN Charter in 1945. So a very big deal um, for San Francisco. Um, and so wanted to quickly cover um, his contract security quarterly report. If we could go here to the next slide. The recent month's hiring strategy uh, yielded no turnover um, during the reporting period. We've had additional security officers hired as flex to cover for unexpected um, call-offs. And uh, the next slide, staffing is obviously critical to ensure a safe and secure environment, and we've established contingency plans with ongoing cross-training of personnel to ensure coverage. Next slide. Our post and site competency testing aids in uh, identifying security officers with great uh, potential to take on increased roles and responsibilities and our effective mentoring and training program improves security officers' confidence. 
Uh, next slide, and this is uh, a fun one to highlight, uh, which is a mentoring opportunity that I know uh, Rodney would be proud of and want to bring you up to date on, which is uh, Nicholas Feeney, um, who has started as contract security um, here, is being sworn in as a at the part of the BART Police Academy. Uh, he was previously the evening shift supervisor in our security team, and it's always exciting to see uh, members of the team graduate to uh, more responsibility at our partner agencies. So that directors concludes items under the uh, security report, and I'll do my best to answer them, um, but we will have uh, Rodney back at your next meeting. Any questions, directors? No? So Ari, let's show us some pictures of all the events going on. <clears throat> Good morning, Chair G and directors. I'm Ari Walsh, the TJPA Facility Director. Happy to be here with you this morning. Go as quickly as we can. I'll save the puns. Uh, but for Halloween, it was pretty lit, as you can tell. We had almost three, I know, Neela, sorry. Uh, we had almost 300 uh, folks out to enjoy the park. It was a really great time. Also, some honorable mentions for Bollywood Knights, who had over 120 people out. And Un Viaje al Lado Oscura uh, was a great performance that we also had during October with over 150. And we recently just ended our uh, summer programming and moving into our winter programming. As for events, as Director Van de Water had mentioned, we were honored to uh, team up with the Housing Heroes uh, for the Housing Heroes event with the Housing Action Coalition. We've got Speaker Rivas here on the left with Corey Smith in the middle, the Executive Director of the Housing Action Coalition. Great time with over 400 people. Uh, an another event, we had the self-help uh, team come out from, for the focus on the future. And I want to give a very brief shout out to my friend Ed here, who does everything from run PowerPoint decks, to run tours, to manage our conveyance contracts, and advise me on all of our construction contracts. So just appreciate this gentleman over here. And for other events, we had the acting uh, Secretary of Labor, Sue, out uh, to check out the train box. And we welcomed a lot of great people out uh, for this event. And it was a, also a very good time um, and a nice positive look at what we're doing here at the Salesforce Transit Center. Ari, can, can we pause on that picture yes. real quick? This, this is just worth pointing out. On the, the left here is a glazier who built some, some of the handrail up in the park. We had other... Uh, employees who were part of the excavation and it was fun for them to get back to the site and see it in its current state and be on a tour underneath. So this really puts a face to the work um, and was great for the acting secretary to see. And thank you. On uh, uh, upcoming events, as Director Vandewater also mentioned, we've got Winterfest starting on December the 8th. We hope to see you all out there for the lighting ceremony we're going to do. We have some uh, more lights we're gonna show off. I don't wanna get the cat out of the bag or anything like that. But we've got a lot of cool stuff we're looking forward to putting on during Winterfest. Just a quick uh, look at how we're doing as far as traffic trends in San Francisco, specifically at the Salesforce Transit Center. Uh, on the positive side, we're seeing over 30% increase from last year, uh, but what I was looking for and tracking was the uh, increase uh, assumed from the post-Labor Day return to work and from Dreamforce, we saw some slight upticks, uh, but nothing very significant. And just want to make sure we highlight those kinds of things and at least let you know that we're tracking things. Uh, while this may not be the best for retail, it is quite good for uh, real estate and other things we might be talking about later. So just want to highlight how we're doing in the area.
retail leasing update. Uh, we, so we've got four tenants uh, working on their spaces. Modi recently slipped back a little bit uh, just due to some regular electrical and kitchen exhaust type of issues, just some slight delays. And uh, we still have bare bottle charging ahead to get into the grand hall uh, by the time the, the weather turns a bit colder and wet. So that wraps up my presentation and happy to answer any questions. <clears throat> All right, thank you. Directors, any questions? Not seeing any. Thank you very much. Thank you. Any public comment on the reports? Go ahead and check for public comment in the room on the ED report. Don't. Uh, I do see a member of the public, Mr. Patrick. Uh, thank you, Jim Patrick from Patrick and Company. I'm sorry I missed the uh, uh, director's report on the. Uh, uh, prevailing wage issue, uh, but I wanted to point out and read from your uh, document, which is the prevailing wage, that any person performing labor for this provision and the project work shall be paid not less than the highest wage. Uh, we're working on an $8 billion project, and we're bidding it out at the highest possible wage and that's our policy. And that I know I, know I had a conversation with the, uh, uh, my friend, the attorney here. That's a federal restriction or that's re requirement. Uh, maybe we should suggest that that's not a good requirement. Maybe we should renegotiate that project labor agreement. How can you stand by and spend $8 billion and agree to the pay the highest wage? It's Bananas, I, I don't know what to say. So uh, how about adding some apprentices to the job? How about redesigning and rethinking this completely to maybe make it a, a ski lift affair rather than a tunnel affair? Let's think outside the box. $8 billion, we can't do this. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Patrick. Any other members of the uh, public in the room? Seeing none, any members online? Seeing none. That concludes members of the uh, public that wanted to address you under that item. Go ahead and move into your next item. Please. All right. Uh, Director's item six is the Citizens Advisory Committee update, and uh, we have CAC Chair Brian Larkin with us to address you. Good morning, Chair G, committee members. I'm Brian Larkin. I'm here to report on our CAC meeting of this past Tuesday, the 7th. Our agenda included Lily Madras Wu's staff report, facility operations update, downtown work plan schedule, and funding update. Lily gave the staff report on activities since our October CAC meeting, and it included the plans for next week's APEC conference, which you've already heard a little bit about. Um, Rodney Harris gave his quarterly security report as a, for the transit center, including cooperation with the SFPD in apprehending a murderer who would get coming from the East Bay using public transit. Good for him. Um, there were no questions other than that. There were no questions for Rodney. His uh, report was comprehensive. Uh, Ari Walsh gave his monthly report on facility operations 
and the date of this year's tent lighting ceremony, December 8th. I know you already heard that, but I think it bears repeating. I'm sure we're gonna try to make it. I missed it last year. Um, oh, and Natasha Patterson made the comment that there's no audio announcers in the elevators, and she requests that there be some. Um, Natasha is sight impa visually impaired, so it's important to her that she have that. Um, there were some other com committee questions about the dates of the opening, opening dates of some of the restaurants. Uh, John Updike, who is a consultant to the TJPA, talked about the property relocation plan and gave an update on it. Uh, one of the questions he got was how store and residents are reacting to having to relocate. Uh, the answer is, was intuitive, is what you expect. Most people don't favor the idea, but they are gonna have to live with it just the same. Um, Alfonso Rodriguez gave the work plan update. In response to CAC questions, he provided more detail about the separation of the station fit-outs into two separate contracts. And finally, your own, Adam Vanderwater gave the funding update. It contained good news, which just delighted the CAC. Um, we ended our general public comment with a review of requests for upcoming presentations. Paul Bendix, who was a relatively new member of the committee, asked for a general comprehensive presentation on the project. So we have that to look forward to. That is all I have for this month. I won't be here next month, but I'll be ably supplanted by the younger, more vibrant Brian, Brian Shaw. So until next year, I hope you all have a hot, happy holiday season. Thank you, Steve. And if there are any questions, any questions I'll, I'll let the staff answer them. <laughs> Thank you for you at the lighting ceremony. <laughs> Pardon? You at the lighting, holiday lighting, Winterfest? The, the lighting? Yeah. It's, <clears throat> It, 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 it was yeah. premature to wish us happy holidays. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, it's going to be festive. <laughs> okay. Any other questions, directors? Any public comment on the report? Check for public comment in the room on the item. Seeing none, check, checking online. Seeing no members of the public wanting to comment on that item. Thank you. CAC Chair Larkin, thank you very much. for. Right. Glad to see you. Glad, and I look forward to seeing you next year. Yeah, Winterfest. All right, uh, as uh, noted earlier, we are going to be um, moving ahead and calling um, item eight, your consent calendar. Uh, do we need any public comment before on items not on the agenda? I was gonna, uh, we were okay. moving seven and 11 to the end. Sorry, my apologies. Is that okay? Yes. Okay. Uh, with that, uh, we'll move into your consent calendar where all matters uh, listed um, are considered to be routine and will be acted upon by a single vote. There will be no separate discussion of the items unless a member of the board or the public so requests, in which event the matter would be removed from the consent calendar and considered separately. At this time, we will check to see if there are members of the uh, board or public that wish to have any uh, have any comments and con items considered separately. We do have a member online, seeing none in the room. Moderator, will you please let the um, caller in? Uh, good morning. Uh, good morning. Directors. Thank you for the... Good morning, Roland. Uh, this is... Good morning. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Um, I'm wondering through the chair, I should be possible for someone to very briefly um, speak
speak uh, through the redlining for item 8.3. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, public. Uh, thank you, Mr. LeBrun. We've uh, noted your public comment. All right, with that, I do not see any other members of the uh, public uh, wishing to comment. So your items for the consent calendar are item 8.1, approving the minutes of the October 12th meeting. Item 8.2, authorizing the executive director to execute an amendment to the agreement for fire life safety sprinkler testing maintenance with science building solutions to extend the agreement for one year for additional compensation of up to $163,084. Item 8.3, approving the updated versions of the following financial policies, board policy number 17, debt management policy, and board policy number 9, investment policy. And item 8.4, approving board policy number 23, civil rights policy. Do we have a motion? Your motion. So moved. Thank you, second. Second. Thank you, Director John Baptiste. Thank you. With the first and the second, Director Chang. Aye. Chang, aye. Director Forbes. Aye. Forbes, aye. Director John Baptiste. Aye. John Baptiste, aye. Director Brewers. Aye. Brewers, aye. Director Syed. Aye. Syed, aye. And Chair G. Yes. G, aye as well. The consent calendar is approved. With that, we'll go ahead and call item nine on your regular calendar. Item nine is the San Francisco Peninsula Rail Program Executive Steering Committee update and status of the downtown rail extension, the portal, work plan schedule and funding update to be jointly presented by ESC Chair Michelle Broussard, uh, TGB Project Director for the Porto Alfonso Rodriguez and Executive Director Vandewater. Great, good morning Chair G, directors. Uh, can't believe we're on the cusp of Thanksgiving here, so I will wish you a happy Thanksgiving before I leave the podium here. Um, Wanted to give you a little bit of an update as to where the ESC and the IPMT have been. Um, we've been discussing approaches to maintaining the partnership created by the San Francisco Peninsula Rail Program MOU while a successor agreement is being developed uh, and implemented for this uh, as a result of the board adopted governance blueprint. The ESC is going to be taking this item up uh, and it likely will take up the bulk of our November meeting. Uh, also, now that the portal's civil tunnel construction contract RFQ has been released, that was released in late October, the project delivery team is actively engaged in developing the requests for proposals. The team recently held uh, a successful RFP development workshop with all of the members of the IPMT, member engagement addressing various aspects of the evaluation process as well as contract development. I understand, again, that that, that session uh, was intense, but was very successful, and it really is, I think, going to lead to a, a, a really good document. Um, risk management remains at the forefront of the project delivery team, and on today's agenda, the board will consider various modifications to the project delivery and contract package approach as discussed at the IPMT and supported by the Executive Steering Committee. I'd like to point out that some of the proposed project delivery modifications were developed jointly by TJPA and Caltrain, resulting from some very good work addressing Caltrain's requirements for maintaining safe and continuous transit operations while delivering the portal within its identified scope, cost, and schedule. Both teams are working as one with aligned objectives and a common goal. And I, you know, I just might really point out here, it's, it's people and relationships ultimately that lead to successful project delivery. Uh, and while we had been on a two-year sprint to get to the point where we are today, um, as with my Caltrain hat on, really appreciate 
uh, Adam's leadership, and uh, I really do see a very strong relationship between Caltrain, TJPA, and the other partners, and I think we're well set up for this next phase of the program. Um, so with that, I'd like to introduce Alfonso Rodriguez. Thank you. All right, so this is our look ahead for actions that are be, that will be presented to the board in the coming months. The first one was referenced by um, uh, uh, Executive Director Bouchard, and it has to do with our governance uh, memorandum of understanding. Uh, it was only earlier this week at IPMT that we had a really good conversation about um, how should we approach this. I mean, the successor MOU is going to guide us all the way through um, the completion of procurement and project construction and to rail to uh, operations. And um, so it was in that discussion that we came back and recommended, um, and, and you heard about it just a moment ago, that the ESC consider an extension to the current MOU, which gives us more time in a really busy period for the project team um, to complete our procurement documents. And I think that'll let us come back uh, with a recommendation to you with something that everybody feels is appropriate for that duration. Uh, the next item is actually a continuation of an item that you're going to hear today, and that's the relocation plan. In December, um, we will ask the board to take action on that. Today is informational. Um, just as you heard, we did release successfully the RFQ for the heavy civil and construction progressive design build package. In January, we'll be asking the board's consideration to release the request for qualifications for the track and systems contract. In February, we've got a couple of items. We'll be asking the board to formally adopt a baseline budget and schedule. And I think I mentioned before that it's not our intention to change the values in, in, in the revenue service anticipated date, rather to give more precision to the budget and the schedule, which becomes a document that we manage our project um, by. The uh, PMCM contract, the program manager, construction manager contract, which is the successor agreement to our current program management program control contract, which expires at the end of June of next year, um, we expect to bring that item for your board's consideration to award, uh, of course, contingent upon successful negotiations that we're presently engaged in. Uh, following, also in February, I'm sorry, in March, we do plan on bringing the request for proposal to the board to release, and that's for the heavy civil work through the progressive design build contract. And then uh, following uh, either in March or shortly thereafter, we show it in March, uh, we plan on bringing the request for qualifications release for station fit out. So these are the actions that we're busy working on and you can expect to see from the portal team in the coming months. I'm available to answer. Oh, uh, we have another slide before I t uh, we take questions and that's the funding slide, and I'll turn it over to um, our executive director to cover this one. So directors, this is the same slide we presented last uh, week, and we'll look for a way to provide more granular updates for you on the funding plan. Uh, all I'll note here is the $60 million project development funds that we received from the state um, from the TIRC pre TIRCP program have been authorized the first tranche from uh, the California Transportation Commission, so $15.5 million, um, and that keeps Alfonso and team moving forward. Uh, we'll come back for the balance of those funds um, at a future date. 
There, is, there are not yet other um, funding awards, though I did mention at the top of the meeting, too, that we are awaiting um, word from our active applications. So while we think about the schedule ahead, um, we are anticipating a project rating and um, hopeful entry into the engineering phase with FTA as soon as December. Um, announcement of the two uh, grant awards in the December, January, maybe February timeframe. Um, prior to bringing some of these items to uh, authorize the continuation of the procurement process. So just wanted to bring together the funding with the technical planning um, for you. And with that, we can take any questions. answer any questions that you might have. Thank you. <clears throat> Director Chang. Thank you for that uh, presentation, Director Rodriguez. I, on the funding topic, would it make sense to have a funding update together with the budget and schedule? Um, I appreciate the slide, and I think that the timing may be right with all the really nice positive actions at um, the Commission MTC and hopefully good news from the Feds, uh, FTA, for the coming legislative session in particular, um, as there may be some opportunities there at the state level that we might want to prepare for and have a discussion at, at, this, at this board. Uh, through the chair to the director, I agreed. I think we are anticipating some pre-construction enabling works, one of which is facilitated by the $100 million I mentioned at the top from RM3 through MTC. Um, the other is to do the pre-construction work at the rail yard and the utility re relocation, which is the subject of one of our grants. Um, and then the third is the onboarding of the progressive design build contractor, uh, which we would only authorize on a limited notice to proceed basis to help us advance design and think through things like constructability and efficiency and timing and method um, that will inform a lot of our interfaces along right-of-way and, and rail yard alignment. Thank you, Director Chang. Any other questions from directors? Not seeing any. Any public comment? For public comment in the room? Seeing none, checking for public comment online. We do have a member of the public. Moderator, if you could please let the caller in. Um, hello, hello again, uh, Director Stroller Tobran. So, very briefly, um, I am personally extremely pleased uh, that. Okay, I'm hearing this background noise again. I'm extremely pleased that um, through the leadership of the um, Executive Steering Committee, we have got a, an approach where common sense uh, prevailed. Um, on the next slide, I want to bring your attention to two red flags. If you look at the bottom left um, and, and the um, the bottom right, you've got two cases when we are matching federal funds with federal funds. I'm not sure how that's going to pan out. Uh, last comment I'd like to make, it's unfortunate that you moved the item seven after item number 13. Um, I'll come back to you and I'll um, explain to you um, how uh, we can potentially eliminate all the uh, enabling work at the radio. Thank you. Thank you, caller. Uh, that concludes members of the public that want to address you under that item. Okay, let's go on to There's the next an additional. item. I'm sorry, we have another caller? Yes. Okay, please let the caller in. Hello, my name is Herschel Eric. 
I'm the Office Administrator at Transway Joint Powers yeah. Authority. I'm calling to test public comment and verify the quality of the communication line. Since I need to continue speaking for a while, I'd like to reiterate Executive Director Vandewaters and others' information about Winterfest activities that are taking place December 8th through the 10th at Salesforce Park. On Friday, December 8th, we will have our Lighting the Park ceremony from 5 to 7 p.m. And Saturday, December 9th is Kids Day, and also there will be an Ugly Sweater Silent Disco that evening. And on Sunday, December 10th, there will be a wreath-making workshop. Thank you, Herschel. So far, I'm not, okay. Thank you. Bye. Any others? There are no other members of the public that wish to comment. Let's continue to the next item, please. All righty. Item 10, directors, is approving uh, the RM3 resolution of project compliance for the allocation of RM3 bridge toll funds in the amount of $100,700,000 for right-of-way professional services, acquisition, and relocation, including approving the resolution's attached allocation requests and updated initial project report, and authorizing the executive director to take such additional actions and enter such additional agreements with the Metropolitan Transportation Commission as necessary and appropriate to implement the purposes of the resolution and receipt of RM3 funds. And we have Mary Pryor with us. Good morning, board. Excuse me. I'm Mary Pryor with NWC Partners. Um, as Neela mentioned, this item is for an allocation of RM3 funds for the DTX project. This will be the first allocation from RM3 funds for the project. Um, both MTC and the TJPA will need to take action on this request. MTC's Programming and Allocations Committee met yesterday on the item, and the uh, full commission is scheduled to see this item on November 15th. The MTC staff report does note several items um, related to this allocation. The first relates to transit-oriented uh, communities policy. So this policy requires local jurisdictions to submit a letter to MTC committing to compliance with the transit-oriented communities policy. And the San Francisco Planning Department has provided such a letter, and MTC staff has said that that satisfies the policy requirement. The second item relates to security for the RM3 funds. MTC's reimbursement under this allocation is conditioned on TJPA providing security for the bridge toll investment to ensure that if the project does not proceed to construction, the RM3 funds used to purchase the properties would be returned to MTC. We had a similar agreement for phase one, and the details are currently under development between TJPA and MTC General Counsel. And the third item relates to governance. Uh, the MTC staff report notes that before future allocations, so not this one, um, they are expecting to see progress on the successor agreements to the San Francisco Peninsula Rail MOU and the implementation of the governance blueprint. Um, MTC could recommend that this progress be a condition of future allocations. And as you know, TJPA continues to work with the partner agencies on this matter. So if you have any questions, I'm happy to answer. Mary, thank you. Directors, any questions? Any public comment? All right, uh, checking for public comment in the room. Seeing none, checking for public comment online. Seeing none. Mary, 
I'd love to see what a hundred million dollar check looks like. So when you, <laughs> <don't remember. laughs> anyway, this is an item for action. Is there a motion, directors? So moved. Second. Director Chang, thank you. Director Forbes, motion and second. All right, with that, uh, Director Chang. Aye. Chang, aye. Director Forbes. Aye. Forbes, aye. Director John Baptiste. Aye. John Baptiste, aye. Director Rewers. Aye. Rewers, aye. Director Syed. Aye. Syed, aye. And Chair G. Yes. G, aye as well. Item 10 is approved. Thank you. I believe we're going to item 12 next. Thank you very much. Yes, moving to item 12 is approving modifications to the downtown rail extension, the portal project delivery approach for select project elements. And Alfonso Rodriguez, TJPA project director, will present the item. It's going to be projected on the screen. I don't see it. It will come up after you start. It will come up? Okay. I'm really going to speak to one slide. It's at the end of the staff report. I'm sure it will come up on screen here momentarily. Uh, the item requests the board's consideration of proposed modifications to the project delivery approach that was adopted by this body last July, for select, but only for select project elements. And I'll briefly go over those. And, in the slide in your packet. <laughs> um, I should point out that these recommended changes were uh, developed by the project delivery team, which includes Caltrain. And after further assessment of project delivery risk and taking into account the input that we're able to get from the construction industry events that we held during our procurement outreach, these recommendations were developed and discussed at IPMT and supported by the ESC. So why don't we go, that's oh, really tiny, uh, through the first three rows. Um, and it does involve the enabling works element of our construction program, which includes advanced utility relocation, site preparation work at the Caltrain 4th and King Rail Yard, and demolition of seven building structures required for the portal construction, mainly located at the northeast corner of 2nd and Howard Streets over the throat area, which is that area just west of the uh, Salesforce Transit Center. Now, no change is recommended to the advanced utility uh, relocation approach. However, we do recommend creating two separate contracts for the work to be performed on the Caltrain rail yard. Our coordination with Caltrain, which, um, by the way, is going very well, um, coupled with the further outreach that I mentioned uh, with industry and, and other transit projects with similar situations um, that extend live passenger service in a new project, clearly points out that there are two distinct requirements in this one location. The first is site preparation at the north and northwest end of the rail yard. Um, and that's the part of the rail yard that has no electrified or is not planned to have any electrified train service. It's got a few buildings, it's some structures. Um, it, it's just not part of the passenger service area. And that uh, site was identified in our environmental documents to be used as contractor occupancy and laydown area for the work to build the U-Wall and the 4th and Townsend station under the street. Um, that scope element is distinctly set different from the second element, and that is the rearrangement of the electrified track work required to make the connection into the portal project as it descends into the U-Wall underground to the Salesforce Transit Center. Now, we're presently engaged with Caltrain to finalize the contract delivery method and implementation of this on-site element of work, but we are suggesting the board to adopt this configuration change for the reasons I stated. 
Another element that we're asking for your consideration is to uh, change the approach of our fit-out work to be conducted at both station locations. The earlier approach identified fit-out for both station locations to do be delivered through a single uh, construction manager general contractor delivery method. As part of this assessment and while delivering our procurement packages, we look more closely at the contract interfaces and the requirements um, at that one location over at 4th and uh, Towns, I'm sorry, the location of the laydown area adjacent to the 4th and Townsend area. And it became apparent that we could better manage the risk associated with having three different contractors occupying that same space for a good amount of time um, with this suggested change. So that coupled with the differences in the station requirements planned for the 4th and Townsend station and the Salesforce Transit uh, Center station led us to the recommendation to shift the station fit-out work for the 4th and Townsend station to the progressive design build contract. And that will reduce the number of interface conflicts um, by only having two contractors working on one site. There will be some overlap, but in a more logical manner. We also concluded that it's better to keep the station fit-out scope at the Salesforce Transit Center separate from the track and station systems work. If you recall in the earlier uh, progressive design build recommendation adopted by the board, we left that decision to a later date on whether we had two CMGC contracts or one. This recommendation says that um, we should just have uh, the one CMGC contract for station fit-out at, at the Salesforce Transit Center. So this concludes my presentation of those suggested changes. This is an item for your consideration and action, and I'm available to answer any questions you might have. Alfonso, thank you very much, directors. Questions and comments? I noted in the report, Alfonso, there's still kind of a conversation about who lets the contracts at the rail yards. That's right. How's that going? How's that? So it, it's going at present. Um, we do plan on concluding those conversations with Caltrain and coming back to an item to this board with the recommendation. Uh, we recognize what Caltrain is. Caltrain, um, in our discussions with Caltrain, we recognize the risk to transit operations mm -hmm. uh, over on their site. And um, I think we have a solution that we're pretty close to presenting to this board, our respective boards. How's the co coordination with SFMTA? Because this is not in isolation by itself, the rail yards. I mean, SFMTA, as Director Tumlin noted in a previous conversation, runs around three sides of the rail yards. So there's, there's coordination that has to happen there, too. Good point. Thank you. How, how is that going, though? Is it, how, how's the coordination going? Coordination with? SFMTA. Well, okay, so if you're talking about coordination at the Caltrain Rails Yard site, I mean, we've got two, we've got the interface over at their new crossing at um, 3rd Street. Yeah. Um, we are, they are part of our project development team where we're looking at the undercrossing of that new track work. Uh, it's further complicated by some sewer work that also needs to be relocated in the vicinity of that location. Um, I believe that coordination is going well. If okay. somebody feels otherwise, I'd sure like to know. No, I, I would agree the coordination is going well. I think as the project further develops, and, and we did this with phase one, there might be subsequent MOU for PM support. There'll be, of course, our, our traffic routing team and our streets division that will provide support and permits for any related work. So I have not heard there are any issues with the okay. coordination to date, and I think 
you know, we run projects all over the city with private developers and other city departments, and I think we will have our normal process and we will provide support yeah. for this project the same as any other. I do want to remind the board that we did adopt, the, this board adopted a, a, a cooperative agreement with the city and all of the departments having jurisdiction, which includes the MTA. And I think it was an elegant solution to create, it also created what we call a technical advisory committee that stands up representatives from all those um, entities where we keep all of the city departments having jurisdiction up to date on our design development and our permit requirements and our construction approach. And I think that's also a best practice that I understand is going well. Thank you. And thank you, Director, for chipping in. Any other questions from directors? Public comment? Checking for public comment in the room. Seeing none, there we do have a member of the public online. Moderator, if you could please let them in. Um, th thanks again, directors. I hope you can hear me clearly. Um, the audio issues I'm experiencing is that I can hear Alfonso very clearly, but that I can barely hear uh, Director G. It looks like the Director G's audio is being picked up by Alfonso's microphone. Um, on the uh, repackaging, I'm extremely pleased that you split the, uh, the radiard into two separate contracts. Uh, specifically, you obviously need this lay-by area between uh, 6 cents and 7 Street. But once again, under item 7, I will explain to you why you don't need to make any uh, Caltrain modifications uh, between um, 4th and um, uh, 6th Street. Um, contractors occupying the same space just doesn't work. I'm happy to provide you with multiple examples of where this issue arose during the development of the Crossrail project and uh, how they were addressed. But in closing off, I think the SFMTA um, is a very high-level issue. I can hear somebody scratching on the desk or whatever it is they're doing. Um, specifically, the you got with the MTA. Not, not only are you going to make it impossible for them to operate on Townsend, so I don't know why anybody's considering this. But right now, the Caltrain tracks are blocking two um, uni lines. That, that, is that the 32nd mark? Okay. The N is terminating um, at the track, and the, 16, the, the T, 16th Street turn back track, is also terminated at the lines. If you move the, the station to 7th Street to the PAX project, you can connect these two lines together. And I hope we start this conversation as soon as possible. Thank you. All right, that concludes members of the public that want to address you on that item. It is Thank next. you. This is item for action, directors. Is there a motion or a second? I make a motion. Approve. Oh, or second. I'll All right. Neela figure that, but there's been a motion and there's been a second, so to approve. Thank you. With that, Director Chang? Aye. Chang, aye. Director Forbes? Aye. Forbes, aye. Director John Baptiste? Aye. John Baptiste, aye. Director Brewers? Aye. Brewers, aye. Director Syed? Aye. Syed, aye. And Chair G? Yes. GI as well, item 12 is approved. We'll go ahead and call your next item.
Yes, please. All right, item 13 is authorizing the executive director to execute an amendment to the DTX rail program, enabling works planning memorandum of understanding with Caltrain for additional compensation of 460,000 for a total not to exceed amount of a million fifty-five thousand and adopting amendment number four to the FY 23-24 capital budget for phase two to reallocate 801,000 to accommodate the contemplated Caltrain services and make other adjustments, but with no change to the total amount of the fiscal year budget or the overall phase two program budget. And we have Ms. Anna Harvey with us, our deputy project director for the portal to present. Anything else? Good morning, Chair G and Directors. Anna Harvey, Deputy Project Director for Engineering, here to present this item. As you noted, the title of the item is very lengthy. I'll try to make it very clear as there are a number of acronyms and agreements implicated therein. Uh, fundamentally, this item is an amendment to an existing agreement with Caltrain, um, which is in place prior to the um, overall presentation of a master cooperative agreement to this board. Um, and then second is an amendment to our budget in order to um, facilitate the funding of that amendment. So that's two parts there, and I'll go through them in order. So as mentioned in the coordination and kind of excellent cooperation that's going on between our two agencies, in order to codify that, we are developing a master cooperative agreement, or MCA, that outlines each agency's responsibility to deliver the portal with an ex expected execution date of fall of next year. So in the interim period before the MCA can be fully negotiated and presented to both agencies' boards, back in February of this year, TJPA board authorized TJPA to enter into what we call the DTX Rail Program Enabling Works Planning Memorandum of Agreement, or MOA. The MOA provides a mechanism for TJPA to reimburse Caltrain for consultant resources assisting Caltrain with planning and managing the complex work in the 4th and King Rail Yard. As we mentioned, ensuring safety and the continuity of rail operations and the Caltrain customer experience is paramount, um, and Caltrain asks for some additional consultant resources in order to help them uh, project manage that work. The MOA set a not to exceed amount of $595,000 as a budget and a term expiring no later than March of next year. Separately, in addition to the MOA, the parties have entered into an interim agreement in August of this year, part of the scope of which covers reimbursement for Caltrain's staff time incurred in supporting this 4th and King rail yard planning. So the MOA is for consultant, the IA is for staff. The IA covers a lot of other things, but I just want to note that the MOA, which is under discussion today, is specifically for consultant project management on the rail yard. So the integrated design team, composed of representatives from our own general engineering consultant, our own project management staff, um, and project management staff from Caltrain, we've been working very closely together for many months to advance design for what we have termed the fourth and king yard preparation, or 4KY or 4KEY portion of the portal program of contract packages. The integrated design team consults frequently with Caltrain. We meet bilaterally multiple times a week. We've done site walks, et cetera. Um, and the Caltrain resources and operations, utilities, and other disciplines have also been made available to plug into those bilateral meetings. So as Alfonso and, and um, Director Bouchard uh, have also mentioned that this coordination is going really well. So we've made significant progress in reaching a common understanding with the operator on initial scope, schedule, and budget for the 4KY work, um, including dividing, dividing it into two contract packages, as you saw in the previous item, and advancing conversations related to delivery method and responsible agency. This work has been very complex um, and has required a, a lot of time uh, from both our staff as well as Caltrain staff and their oversight consultants. 
because of that significant effort, the existing $595,000 budget under the MOA is anticipated to be expended um, in uh, fall of this year. TJPA staff recommend increasing this budget by $460,000 for a total not to exceed amount of $1,055,000 to allow Caltrain and its consultant to continue this valuable coordination um, on the integrated design team through the existing end date of the MOU in March of next year. We anticipate an overall agreement on the rail yard specifically is anticipated to be executed with Caltrain um, in March or April of next year. The Caltrain board has already authorized um, the proposed amendment on their end. In order to provide the mechanism for funding this amendment, uh, we've worked closely with our finance department uh, to look at Caltrain's anticipated expenditures for staff on the rail yard, for consultants on the rail yard, as well as staff and consultant time outside of that. And so we bring to you a proposed amendment to the TJPA phase two capital budget of 801,000, which includes the 460, which we just discussed, and an additional 341 based on discussion and review of Caltrain's um, expenditures to date. This is due primarily to an acceleration of the level of effort, an extension of the time duration, and a sharing of some decision making as part of kind of spinning up and really executing on our shared vision of an integrated project delivery team. TJPA staff plan to reconcile this difference in budgets by reducing planned expenditures and other line items in the current fiscal year. We recommend approving amendment number four to the capital budget by reallocating 801,000, reducing the property acquisition line item for this fiscal year and inter increasing the interagency agreements line item. So I hope that that was a, if not particularly concise, at least clear way to explain the amendment to the MOA, the budget amendment, and the reason that we believe that it's necessary to advance this really important work as we speed towards an agreement on the rail yards in spring of next year and an overall MCA in fall of next year. Um, with that, that concludes my verbal presentation, and I'm available for any questions. Thank you. Just illustrative of the complexity of this project, so thank you. Directors, any questions? Is there any public comment? We will check for, for public comment in the room. Seeing none, we'll check for public comment online. While we're checking, you will note that uh, Director Forbes has departed as she had another uh, engagement to get to. No members of the public online that wish to comment either, Susan. Uh, Great, thank I you. And Anna and Alfonso, as we speed toward implementation, I think we need a new glossary of all the acronyms that we're experiencing, so <laughs> I can't keep up. It's a little challenging, but we'll get, we'll, we'll get there. And so, directors, this is an item for action. Is there a motion? So moved. Thank you, Director John Baptiste. Is there a second? second? Second by Director Chang. Thank you. All right, with the first and the second, Director Chang? Aye. Chang, aye. Director John Baptiste? Aye. John Baptiste, aye. Director Brewers? Aye. Brewers, aye. Director Syed? Aye. Syed, aye. And Chair G? I'm going to abstain because I know the chair of the Caltrain board. Do you know him? I think I might. Very good. All right, with uh, Chair G abstaining, that is four ayes, and item 13 is approved. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right, uh, with that, we'll go ahead and move back up in your calendar to take item 7 and then 11. And for folks, uh, item 7 is an opportunity for members of the public to address the authority on matters that are not on today's calendar, uh, but within the jurisdiction. And uh, we'll uh, check to see if there are members in the room. Seeing none, we will check online. We do have a caller online. Moderator, please let the caller in.
Thanks again, uh, directors, for the um, opportunity. I hope you can hear me clearly um, because I had uh, audio issues listening to the uh, other public speaker uh, a while ago. Um, what I'd like to do today is to attract your attention to last week's presentation on the LA Union to Anaheim segment to the high-speed rail board of directors. And listen carefully to Vice Chair Lin Shang when she learned that the consultants were planning to add an additional high-speed rail station between LA and Anaheim in violation of Prop 1A. Vice Chair Chang raised the very same objections to those we have raised about the additional high-speed rail platforms at Fort and Townsend. I encourage you to listen to the point she made. Because in our case, the elimination of these platforms will in turn eliminate all impact on the calculating radios and the underlying prologist assets. Thank you. Thank you, caller. Any other members of the public wishing to comment, moderator? I see none. That concludes uh, public comment under item 7. We'll go ahead and move to item 13. Please. Thank uh, you. All right. Excuse me. I mean item 11. 11. Item 11 is a presentation on the draft relocation plan released for public comment on November 3rd. And we have John Updike, our uh, real estate manager consultant, to present. Good morning, Chair G. Morning, directors. Good to good to be back. Uh, so this is a very brief uh, informational item uh, regarding the relocation plan that will come back to you uh, in the December meeting for final review and hopefully uh, adoption after consideration. So the draft relocation plan has been posted uh, on the TJPA website. We have provided uh, notice by certified mail to all owners and tenants uh, who are potentially affected by this project uh, regarding a possible acquisition. And that public comment period runs now for 30 days until December 4. We will take those public comments in, consider them, make adjustments to the draft that's in front of you now as appropriate, uh, address all comments, and then turn that around to you in December for final review and adoption. So let's talk about what this draft relocation plan is. It is required by California law uh, for the board to adopt it. Uh, it really is a initial precursor to the acquisitions itself because we want to be able to show that we have a clear path forward to address relocation issues in a fair and equitable manner. What the plan speaks to is a schedule, the financing to show that there is capacity to both acquire and handle relocation uh, cost obligations that we might have, identify the impact of the project 
that it could have on occupants, identify the available potential relocation sites. So this has a very updated, fresh look at the marketplace uh, around and near uh, those potential displacements that show there is, not surprisingly, adequate capacity in the marketplace for relocations. And it explains the relocation assistance program. That program is really driven uh, in a couple of parts. One is the Uniform Relocation Act of 1970 as amended. That's really the main driver at the federal level that we will follow. Uh, and then also uh, following the uh, Caltrans manual for right-of-way, that's also a guiding light for how we will proceed in our acquisitions and our relocations. So we have two really uh, comprehensive guides uh, to lead us through this process. So as I mentioned, public comment period is now open. Uh, this is being handled by our very capable consultant team at Associated Right-of-Way Services. Uh, they are taking all the comment in, so that is why comments are directed to them directly. Uh, it's also available for review in the office at uh, TJPA uh, at the Transit Center. And as I mentioned, we'll be back then on December 14th uh, with a review of this. What I want to note is in terms of the impact that you will find in this report, to spare you perhaps having to go through the entire report, uh, there are just slightly over an estimated 50 businesses or occupants that could potentially be affected by either total or partial acquisitions that might result in relocation. The majority of those businesses are tech-based, office-based businesses. The good news is we have plenty of room in the financial district to uh, secure locations for them to move to. Our obligation under the law is to cover moving costs for such businesses uh, as long as that move is within a 50-mile radius. So we feel confident, the, the tenor of this report is, there's confidence that we have available uh, space for these folks to remain in the financial district. And I think that's an important uh, point that should, that should be a takeaway from this. Uh, there are a few other operating uh, uh, occupants that are non-office, less than a handful. Uh, there also appears to be plenty of ground floor uh, service space available in the marketplace. And frankly, they may be at least rates and price points that are an improvement from their existing situation. The relocation payment process is really guided by three words, actual, necessary and reasonable. Those are the touch points that are in the Uniform Relocation Act and in the guide from Caltrans. So expenses, as long as they meet those three criteria with certain caps that are placed on amounts that can be paid per category by federal law. Actual, necessary, reasonable, it moves forward. If there's a concern uh, about a decision that's been made, there is a relocation appeal process that's clearly outlined in this plan, uh, and uh, we can go into that in more detail uh, in, in December. Uh, there might be comments on that, uh, but we have 
chosen to use the process that has worked very well for the city and county of San Francisco that I've been a part of uh, in my past that we used at Treasure Island and that we used uh, SFMTA Central Subway. Uh, we'll utilize that same path forward in terms of a relocation appeal body. That is all I have for you today. Happy to answer any questions. Very good, John. It's good to see you. Thank you for the briefing. Uh, directors, any questions? Director John Baptiste, then Director Chang. Uh, thank you, John. Great to see you again. Um, I just had one quick question. The this is being posted now because it's a requirement for the uh, funding process, is my understanding. But in terms of when the actual acquisitions might happen and relocations might happen, what is the time frame for that? The, I'm I'm sorry. Can time frame for the acquisitions. So assuming the uh, RM3 funding allocation item is uh, processed according to uh, Mary's schedule that she laid out, uh, that will allow us to move forward with tranche one, which are total acquisitions first, before we move to partial acquisitions. Uh, there would be uh, eight of those acquisitions that we will accomplish this fiscal year. So our goal is to move forward with those uh, acquisitions and relocations uh, by the uh, end of June of 2024. The second tranche will be the partial acquisitions, the easement rights, the subsurface rights, the rock dowel penetrations, uh, and potentially utility-related uh, easements that would follow in the following fiscal year. Thank you. You bet. Thank you. Director Chang. Hi there, John. I thank you very much, Mr. Update. Can you please talk a little bit more about that path that you were referring to as far as the city's uh, uh, path for other projects that you've worked on when, and how this project will be consistent with or is utilizing guidelines from the city in addition to the federal and the Caltrain guidelines that you re referenced, sure. I assume you're also incorporating or being consistent with city and county of San Francisco guidelines. I was trying to refer specifically to the relocation appeals process. The so appeals if, process. if there is a dispute with a claim uh, and uh, a challenge to a decision made by TJPA, there's a relocation appeals process that we have elected to follow that's uh, uh, through the Mayor's Office of Housing. Uh, an appeals board is formed uh, to consider those appeals. And that's what I was referring to, where we have, we've uh, uh, stood up that appeals board for Central Subway yep. uh, and for Treasure Island worked very successfully and smoothly. So we'll follow that same course of action. I don't know if uh, Deborah might want to add anything to that. Sure, thank you for the question, Director Chang. Um, the TJPA's process follows the detailed guidance provided under federal and state law and regulation related to relocation planning and right-of-way acquisition. Also, um, Caltrans has very detailed guidance uh, relating to, Caltrans, yes, relating to um, right-of-way acquisition and planning for right-of-way acquisition. So the TJPA's plan follows those materials. And then the TJPA had a very successful right-of-way acquisition and relocation program for phase one properties. Uh, and the, the procedures that the TJPA is following here are consistent with phase one. I'm not familiar with the city and county of San Francisco having its own set of guidelines relating to relocation planning or right-of-way acquisition separate from the federal and state okay. regulation yep. that you mentioned. Thank you. Thank you. 
<clears throat> Dr. Brewers, did you want to add anything? No, no, no. I was, I was going to say ours are consistent with the federal guidance. That's, that's what we would use. Very yeah. good. Thank you. Directors, any other questions? Not seeing any, any public comment. All right. We'll check for public comment in the room. Seeing none, we do have a member of the public online, though. Moderator, if you could please let the caller in. Uh, thank you again, um, directors. Um, I'm going to respectfully, and I'm going to hear this scratching again. This is really irritating. Um, I'm going to respectfully request that you consider delaying um, this relocation plan until you at least receive uh, the SRGA from the FCA and you resolve any potential outstanding conflicts between the current alignment and the Link 21 uh, alignment across the bay. I'll give you um, more details on a specific example of what could possibly go wrong in my uh, written comments on the relocation plan. Because the initial alignment for the high-speed line between London and the Channel Tunnel, uh, which requires the condemnation of 2,400 homes. 18 months later, an unsolicited bid came in from Arab, which completely revised the alignment because the first alignment terminated at Waterloo in southeast London and no way to cross London. They rerouted the alignment um, to St. Pancras, at which point the 2,400 homes were no longer required. I believe we have potentially got the exact same problem here. I respectfully request your deferral on any action on this plan. Thank you. That concludes members of the public that wanted to address you under that item. Very good. John, thank you for the presentation. Directors, thank you for your comments. This is an item just for information only. I believe that concludes our business for today. It does. Wow. <clears throat> thank you, directors, for your expeditious attention and processing of today's agenda. Executive Director. Directors, if I could end on a small positive note for today um, before letting you on with your day. Um, we did have a member of our staff complete the APTA leadership program just re recently. Um, and Anna Harvey's been a great asset both to the team and to connecting our team to the professional community uh, through APTA and has learned uh, quite a organization and through other partner uh, organizations doing similar construction projects. Uh, so I just wanted to take the moment to congratulate her uh, and what that does for the agency. Anna, congratulations. That's wonderful news. That's great. On that, on that note, that concludes the business of the TJPA Board Directors today. Everyone enjoy the Thanksgiving holiday and congratulations to all of for a successful APEX Summit here in San Francisco. Thank Any you, Kirji. Thank you. SFGovTV, San Francisco Government Television.